1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. Uh, I am your host, Blaine Bartlett, and we got a—you know—I say this every time. Obviously, those of you that have listened for some time, keep hearing me say this, we got a great episode today. So, uh, but today it's also very, very true. Uh, I'm very interested in uh, the conversation that is about to unfold. Uh, my guest today is Dave Valentine, and uh, he's the CEO of Avidel Agency, and you know, you may or may not have heard of it, but I wanna make a point here. Um, in the work that he's done, he's generated over a billion dollars for over a thousand clients through this work that he does. And it's the way that he does this work that I find absolutely uh, fascinating and intriguing. So Dan welcome, Dan, David, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks for having me, Blaine, super excited to be here.
1: <laughs> you bet, you bet. Um, now, you know, just before the the show started, you know, we we were talking a little bit and you know, we're kind of kindred spirits in the fact that we both kind of live in the northwest, not kind of we do. We live in the northwest in Washington <laughs> state. And what's interesting is you run seven companies from this little tiny town in southeastern Washington, or southwestern Washington. Um, that is probably as remote as you can get. Uh, you got three waterfalls and a river and Uh, You're eight miles from the town center and it's a small town that doesn't have much of a center. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. So, Yeah. Go ahead here. Uh, Yeah.
0: We, you know, my, my, my wife and I have three young kids. They're under the age of 10 and we love being outside. And uh, so, you know, we, we readily recognize that we only have so long before they're out of the house and decided, you know we might as well go enjoy and soak up every experience we can get with them while they're still with us at the house. And it mm-hmm. won't always be this way is one of our favorite sayings. So uh, for, for better and worse, if, if you will. And, and, and uh, so, yeah, so we really thoroughly enjoy living out in the middle of nowhere.
1: <laughs> and, and what what's interesting there, and, and we're going to talk about the soul of business here because you've got seven businesses that um, do have a soul, you're ap- operating it from that perspective. But this idea of, yeah, there's only now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So making decisions in service of what it is that I'm experiencing now. Um, yeah. I, I came across something today um, in one of the news feeds that I get about just appreciating a sandwich. Just appreciating a sandwich it's yeah what what did you have today well i had a sandwich well that didn't seem like a big deal until you stop and really appreciate the sandwich it's, yeah. it's here it's now and it's immediate it's, it's in my it's in it's in my experience that life has magic and it's, that's the key it's in my experience that life has magic and your work with your companies is all about the experience that your people have and as a consequence of that the experience that your uh, customers have so you know you, you run the business Is you know correct me if i'm off base here but yeah, you know, from a conscious capitalism perspective and the idea and you know we were talking you know john Mackey who and uh, ross DeSodio who wrote the book conscious capitalism i've known for some time both of them and the idea of that awareness of a greater connection that lends itself to um, an immediacy I, I have to be focused on who are the stakeholders here? Who's actually in play? Who's being touched by what we do? And is that touch beneficial? Is that touch generative? Um, And it goes to my sense that the purpose of business is to uplift the experience of being alive on the planet. And if you're doing that well, you're gonna make money. So with that riff, here's the question. When you hear the term, the soul of business, what does that bring up for you
0: business is for people and and that's that's the thing that has been my driving force for 10 plus years now is that there there has been this uh divorce of business from its original intent to better people and the planet and society from the balance sheet and shareholders and profits, and I think that when we get back to you know business should fundamentally be improving the lives of the workers that are working in it and improving the uh, state of our our planet, our beautiful blue marble that we're floating in space on, yeah. and improving the lives of the people that engage with that business we get back to the original ideas of why we're here and what we're up to.
1: Well, you know, it's uh, the idea of why we're here. Uh, Part of your personal biography, you had a conversation with a doctor when you were 29 years old, and he said, are you prepared for your heart attack? (laughs) Are you prepared for your heart attack at 29? (laughs) Well, you talk about a wake up call. and that i've got a sense that that wasn't a, just a hypothetical you know, statement on his part
0: no it was what did
1: that do for you
0: yeah you know, it was interesting blaine i i grew up i was a military brat so i i lived all over i've lived all over the country i i was by the time i graduated high school I had lived in 15 different houses in 13 different cities, and so I we just grew up moving everywhere. And I I had friends of every background you can possibly imagine all across the country. And one of the things that I've experienced in that was we we were regular churchgoers because it was like the one thing that we could that my parents felt like they could count on. So I grew up religious. And I lost that in a sense in my 20s, but I started to re-engage in my late 20s with uh, a great spiritual teacher that I'm sure many people on this podcast have uh, read and engaged with, Ram Dass, and fell in love with his teachings and, and it really started to help me. But I, as I've seen with many other people, and it's certainly been very true in my life, you can walk next to a stream and not drink from it. And so I was at the age of 29. I had been engaging with Ram Dass's teachings for probably three years at the time. My business had gone from startup to a seven-figure company. So by all external you know, expectations, only 7% of companies in the country hit seven figures. So you're in the elite, right? And I, my marriage was on the rocks. Uh, I wasn't, I was working 60, 80 hour work weeks every week. That wasn't something that was outside the norm. And I went to the doc because I had been an athlete in high school. I had had physicals and I thought, you know, I'm about to turn 30. I haven't had a physical since I was 18. My wife very compassionately was concerned for my well-being and said, you should go. And when I went to the doc, he did a stress test and I came back a week later and they did some other tests as well. And he just said, hey, uh, we've tested 4,500 people of all different ages, shapes, sizes. I was living in Fort Worth, Texas at the time. So it's a major metropolitan city. Mm-hmm. He said, you're the most stressed out person we've ever tested. He goes, I know that you have- <laughs> Hey, gold <yeah>. star. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he goes, I know you have two young kiddos. If you wanna see them graduate high school, then you're gonna have to change your behavior. And that really led me down this path of, okay, how do I really engage with some of these spiritual teachings that I really find intellectually helpful? Mm -hmm. How do I engage with them in practice? How do I re-engage with my body? Because I'd been so disembodied for so long in order to get the results that we needed to achieve. So how do I re-engage with my body? And it really put me down this path of exercising on a regular basis, meditating daily. It took me a while to get there. Uh, It's interesting, Blaine. I I had somebody ask me earlier this week, they're like, how did you get started? Because they're like at where I was at 29. They're like, how did you? And I said, "You know, the first thing that I would do is I would just be so gracious with myself. Three days after the doc said, are you ready for your heart attack? I decided that I was gonna drink one glass of water and walk for five minutes outside. And if I did that, then that was a success for the day. Anything extra, cool. All I had to do was drink one glass of water and walk for five minutes. And if you give yourself these little steps to health and success in your own personal life, you can start to build on it over time. And so, you know, now I have lots of (laughs) self-care. Now I meditate (laughs) for a long time every day. Uh, And it's made a, a demonstrative difference in my entire life.
1: How has it impacted your way of leading your companies?
0: So I have some staff that were in the first company that followed me to the second company and they describe it best, Blaine. They were there then and they said, that Dave was like a different person. They call it a different incarnation. They call that madman Dave. (laughs) They're like, that guy was just always going at such a hard pace that he was a little bit punchy and making decisions in a rough and gruff way. They're like, now we call you Mountain Hippie, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Which works. Uh, And the difference is they said, you know, you're very patient. Every time you step into a room, the whole room becomes grounded. Everyone feels the presence of someone that's there to be loving and make human decisions with things that are often divorced from humanity. And Mm -hmm. so their experience has been, wow, Dave, it's just, you bring a certain level of calm and steadiness to uh, business is always uncertain. There are always challenges. Something's always new, whether it's people or the product or whatever it is. They're like, we never feel like we don't have someone that's at the helm, that's steering well. They said, you know, we just always feel like you're guiding us in the right direction. And it's not always easy, but it's something that you you bring to the table that makes us all feel at peace.
1: You know, that's interesting. I, in the work that I do with the leaders that I coach and in, in the, in the executive teams that I will do some training development with around leadership, I will almost always reference what I call a bow wake. Yes, um, And if you think of a, a boat moving through water, there's this pressure wave that precedes yes. it. And it's, a, and it's an indication of how much resistance is being created as the boat moves through the water. Yes, And this is a great description that you've just offered here about the impact of bow wake on an organization from a leadership perspective. I walk in the room and I'm grounding the room. You know, and that, you, know, you haven't said a word. You've just walked yeah. in the room and that's the bow wake. Most people aren't aware of the bow wake that they have preceding their interactions with their customers, with their clients, with their employees, with their families, with their kids. And that noticing I think is, is huge, which leads me to this question about you know, the soul of the business. You've got seven companies, if I you know, understand correctly here that you're running right now. There are similarities and there are differences. There are in different sectors. What would you describe the soul of your businesses, plural, actually being? How would you describe the soul of your businesses?
0: Yeah, it's, it's loving awareness, right? Like it's, it's understanding that the whole time we are dealing with real people in real places in real time. And so being aware that sometimes love means being very direct (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and changing the way that we interact with people and other times it means showing deep-seated grace for a person that has made a mistake depending on the circumstance. Yeah, it's, it's that ultimate like, hey, we have to be loving in these circumstances and what does that look like right now?
1: Hmm. Yeah. That behavioral analog. What does that look like right now? You know, um, I want to talk a little bit about um, Avidel agency because your, your focus there is on something that's called, Yeah, you know, some of some of the listeners may be familiar with this term, SDR, sales development representatives. And that typically will lend itself to a transactional experience.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. When, you know, firms that are in that space, uh, it, it's highly transactional. My sense of what you've created just based on the little bit of time that I've spent with you and what we're talking about right now is that that is not the case with the way that you go to market with, um, your sales development representative process and programs. And I want to talk about the programs too, cause you've got some programs that I think are going to be very interesting for the, uh, uh, listeners here. Before we jump into this with both feet, I'm going to give you some time to think a little bit here. We're going to take a real quick break. And when we come back, we're going to literally jump into the idea of how do you do this with, you know, know, my word for what you're describing, equanimity. How do you remove transactionality from the process of scaling a business so that heart and soul remain intact? Fair enough? Let's do it. Okay, folks, we'll be right back. I want to thank you for listening. Um, I want to also invite you right now to go to blainebartlett.com. And on that site, which is my personal website, you'll see uh, services up on the top menu. I'd like you to click on Leadership Mastermind. Now, why I want you to do that is we have uh, structured a mastermind program that is very unusual and it is very powerful. And by going onto that site and clicking that link, you'll be taken to a landing page that is an invitation to join this mastermind. It's a 52-week long exploration of what it takes to be a highly effective leader in today's fast-changing environment. You won't regret it. And if you've been liking what you've been listening to on these Soul of Business podcasts, how does one become a leader that can keep connection to the soul of business? That's what we look at. That's what we're about in this Mastermind program. So again, go to BlaineBartlett.com and click on the services link. And there you'll find the link to the Leadership Mastermind program. Look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening to this little commercial. And now back to our show. Welcome back. And before we took a break, uh, Dave and I were talking about um, sales development representatives. Uh, I mean, that's an SDR uh, interface. You you outsource basically uh, a very specific sales function uh, for organizations. And if you're not paying attention, uh, it becomes very transactional. And you know, and where the problem is with that transactional dynamic in my experience is, uh, you know, it's the distinction between customer loyalty and customer satisfaction. Satisfaction is transactionally based. Loyalty is relationally based. There you go. So I can stub my toe and if I've got a good solid you know, foundation of relationship, I'm probably going to still be in the game. <laughs> right. Yeah. So with with yeah, that you know, kind of my framing of the context on that. I'd, I'd like you to talk a little bit about your process because I, I think it's really interesting. Um, particularly in some of the some of the listeners on this program uh, are in a position to be able to do something with what you do. And I'd like to be able to you know, get this you know positioned so that they've got an understanding of. How this is different than how they might think it would be?
0: Yeah, so there's a there's a few things we can talk about here, Blaine, because there's there's the <laughs> the front end, there's the back end, right? So the front end of working with a potential client. So clients will come to us or potential clients they're they're interested. Everybody needs more business to uh, business meetings booked on their calendar that they can try and sell so they can grow their company. Everybody does. There's not a single company that I've talked to yet that's like, I need fewer of those. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But we put them through a process of, can we actually get them results? And so all of our sales team at Avadel and really at every company that I own, they ask questions that qualify the, the prospect. Can we actually help them? So many SDR firms will just go, oh, you've got a pulse and a and a pocketbook. Great, we'll take you. <laughs> and yep, that's we, the
1: transaction.
0: <laughs> yeah, and we think that that's terrible. And so when we work with clients, we go, okay, uh, do you have case studies, right? And, and we've created a formula that really helps distill case studies into a sentence so that people can understand very quickly, hey, if I work with you, what am I gonna get and in what time, right? So it's, uh, we worked with, X client, we got Y results, in Z time. It's that simple. For most businesses, you want the time to be 90 days or less. But when most people say, hey, I have case studies, what they mean is they have a 30-page document detailing out everything that they did. And it's like, actually, you need a sentence, y'all. Uh, the, the other thing that we look for is, hey, are you open to creating an outrageous offer? Right? Are you open to creating something that sounds too good to be true? Think Costco rotisserie chickens, right? Costco sells the rotisserie chickens still to this day for 4 dollars It came out that last year, they lost over $20 million selling those chickens. But what do they do? Yeah. They put the chicken right next to the wine and the beer and the other prepared foods where they have high margin. And people will put down $100 to have a Costco membership every year just to be able to get the chickens. But they always end up buying more food and beverages on the way out. Mm -hmm. And so are you open to creating something like that? And then the last thing that we want, I mean, obviously, there are other things we want to know, too. But one of the last things we ask uh, that I ask every salesperson to ask is, would I invite this person to my house to have a meal and a a bottle of wine with my wife and my kids? And if the answer is no, we don't want to work with them. (laughs) Because I don't want to pass them on to the fulfillment team. So in that asking those questions, one of the things that we're able to create is a rapport where we say, listen, if if we're not a good fit, we will tell you. And on average for Avadel right now, I just got the numbers on Monday, we are disqualifying 56% of the people that come to us and say, hey, Dave, I want to work with you. So when you do that, you also create the space for people to know They're not going to sell me unless they know they're going to get me results. And that changes the paradigm. So now you're never afraid of, is Dave trying to take advantage of me? I will tell you if we can't help you. And so that automatically starts to help. The other thing that we do is we're always anticipating once they sign, what's the next problem that they're going to have, Blaine? Well, some of the next problems that they're going to have is, They haven't taken enough of these cold calls. Most businesses that we talk to, they can do up to $20 million in revenue. Some of them, they've networked their way to 90 plus percent of their sales and taking these cold calls is a wholly different ball game. And so we offer weekly sales training because we take so many of these calls We'll train anyone on their team on how to take these calls. And we do it every single week. Here's how we do it. Here's how we qualify. Here's how we go through. The other things that we do is we help them come up with those outrageous offers. Hey, what's the rotisserie chicken we can put at the back of the Costco, right? And so we'll help them do that. Once once a month, we put on a, a workshop for our clients and we take them through that. And then the last thing that we do is we tell them that at some point in the next 12 months, they're going to have a really high meeting spike and they're going to have way more meetings that they know what to do with. And then at some point in that 12 months, they're going to have zero meetings. And so don't, don't tap out, understand what happens on our side both times and understand that's totally normal, right? So when it goes way up and you go, wow, this is fantastic. Avidel's amazing. You guys are Great. Great. Know that we're not going to touch a thing and it's going to be our easiest work month for you because <laughs> everything is going great. <laughs> and the minute the meetings drop, which will also happen and is totally normal, our team's going to work really hard. And that's where we show you hey, we're working hard to get you the results that we need to. Let's work together. This is normal. This happens for every company and we're going to get through it. And so one of the ways that we really mitigate people's risk in that is we offer them guaranteed meetings. So we say, Hey, listen, we're going to guarantee you a minimum number of meetings, which no one does in our industry because they just want the quick cash. And then the second thing that we do is we say, listen, if we don't hit the minimum number of meetings, which has never happened before, by the way, it's pretty great. When you, when you set people up for success like this, Blaine, it works out great. If we didn't, though, we'd work for free for 90 days. And if we still don't hit it after 90 days, we'd give them a prorated amount back for every meeting that they didn't book. And so what it does is it mitigates the risk for clients to engage with Avidel. And it makes it so that Avidel is only working with clients that we know we can get results for. And if you take a long-term approach of a year perspective on things, again, we'll see the ups and the downs, but we figure it out. So that's how we do it on the front end. On the back end, when we're working with clients, plane, we also do stuff that helps there too.
1: Yeah, I mean, you've got a whole team structure that you bring into play with this. so that, And I'm going to talk about the outsourcing. Yeah, I mean, I'm a small business. Uh, I've, I've run very large businesses. We've scaled ourselves back. But I don't have an in-house sales team any longer. Yep. And to, you know, to go out and you know, start ramping one back up again, Uh, it's going to cost me more than the monthly fee that uh, you would charge. Uh, Because basically you bring, you know, if I understand, you know, four completely discreet individuals in as a team to, to shepherd this whole process on the backside. Yeah. Yeah, And and that's,
0: that's pretty unique in our industry as well. Most people are, are, (laughs) (laughs) most people are taking the approach of they have one person that does, A lot and then they're just the outsourced uh, asset for that and or they're outsourcing a lot of it abroad which there's nothing wrong with either of those models we took the the approach of hey let's keep everything stateside and what if we put experts in every seat they Mm -hmm. handled more clients but they're we we have really great copywriters that all they do is write copy you know we have really great, a great team of people that all they do is respond to emails on behalf of our clients. Uh, We have people that are strategists that all they do is talk strategy. How do we position you? What's the changing dynamic? Because one of the things that people don't talk about, and I know you know this, Blaine, because you've had so much experience in business, changing times mean changing messages, right? And And right now... While there is not a recession, everybody is talking and acting like there is one. So it's obtuse not to acknowledge that people are feeling afraid in our marketing messages. So how do we talk about these things in a way that's compassionate and thoughtful in the way that's going to say, hey, we have a solution in the times that we're in right now that's going to help your business progress?
1: Yeah. So yeah, Dave, I, I really want to thank you for going into detail with this. And, and for the listener, I've asked him to do this for a very specific reason, because we usually don't in this show go into a lot of detail in the business model that uh, my, my, my guests uh, uh, are, are working with. We'll, we'll kind of keep it at a relatively high level. But I was so intrigued with the way that you were putting this together. I mean, Small organizations, yeah. I say small, you know, yeah, Cap under maybe a hundred thousand, you know, on up. Um, but then you've also worked with Target, Time, American Express. I mean, some some Fortune one hundred companies. You've been interviewed in Forbes magazine, and, and this is not a cookie cutter sort of thing. And what makes you different? is the compassion and the consciousness that you bring to the table. That's what I want the listeners to really hear. You can scale a business. You can scale a pretty good size business by using what would seem to be atypical leadership strategies, care about people, yeah. take shame and fear out of the, uh, the equation. Organize around relationship quality. Yeah, it's all about connection. Yeah, if people feel connected; they will they will participate. So, um, I, I was really struck by this the statistic that you cited. What, fifty eight uh, percent? Six. Fifty six percent. Yep. You said no, fifty six percent of the time to people you know, organizations that wanted to work with you. And I was, I was kind of like, I, I started to smile because Steve Jobs famously said, "Yeah, you know, learning how to say no was the biggest thing that I had to take on. And it's been the biggest gift I ever gave myself. Now that's a paraphrase. That's not exactly yeah. what he said. But being willing to say no says that you're not in this for the buck. You're right. in this for the quality that you're delivering. Yeah. And that's a, that's a big deal. That is a very big deal purpose of business is to uplift the experience of being alive on this planet. And if I'm taking money from you and not delivering the goods, you're not going to feel good about it. And, yeah, and your people aren't going to feel good about it. Yeah, and that's one of the reason why
0: we offer guarantees too, Blaine. Like what's what's the compassionate loving thing that I can do towards my clients and what's also yeah. reasonable, right? So like I we've we've talked about doing quarterly guarantees around stuff but that's really challenging, right? Like if we, we work with a lot of companies right now that service retail and e-commerce, well, right now they don't want to take a new business meeting. They're they've got their heads down. They're working hard. Well, if I do quarterly guarantees, it's really not fair to my team. They're not ready to, t- to have that conversation. So we're going to under deliver on meetings this quarter. However, I know that come February, those meeting numbers are going to explode. And so for us, that's part of the reason why we do the, the yearly guarantees is to be compassionate and loving towards our team and also compassionate and loving towards our clients to say, look, if we don't get you 25 meetings in Q4, it's okay because Q1's coming. And we know that Q1 for retail and e-com is when they really start to go, who's our vendors for 2023? Who are we going to work with? What's our budget look like? And their meetings are going to explode into action. And then they feel seen, loved, and heard because of that as well. And um, yeah, it's it's interesting to me, Blaine, that we don't... uh, be more sincere with people and tell them, Hey, I can't help you. It's one of the best. One of the things that I really love too, about what our sales team does is that we will tell them after 10, 15 minutes, Hey, I don't think you qualify for what we're doing. And here's what I recommend. Here's what I would do. And so then we start giving free consulting away. This is a real, this is a beautiful business business reality that most people don't tap into. If you give away the goods, like the the secret sauce for free to people that cannot afford you or are not a good fit. Blaine, I can't tell you how many clients, we're still trying to quantify it. It's over 50%. I don't know what the number is. I know it's over 50%. My guess is it's over two thirds of our clients have come to us not through our cold outreach, but because we were kind to somebody that couldn't mm-hmm. afford us or wasn't a good fit, and they said, "Hey, you should talk to these people," because business at the end of the day is, I like those people or not. Yep,
1: it's a relationship. It's a relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. To my own horn here, we give away just about everything that we do here uh, in yeah. some way, shape, or form. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that's not altruistic, it's just, yeah, for me, it's just good business. Because um, the purpose of business, uplift the experience of being alive on the planet. I don't have to be paid for that. Sure. I mean, sure. I will get paid for it, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Dave, uh, where can people find out more about what you're up to? And you've got a program that uh, you uh, have, have created here that I think is wonderfully accessible for people. And those of you that are listening to this and have some interest, I want you to pay attention to this. <laughs> he said with his yeah, the Teeter <laughs> voice. Pay attention here. Uh,
0: so. yeah, I uh, if you if you are interested in what I've been talking about and want to engage with me, you can go to my website davevalentine.co. I actually there's a workshop that I do where we create these outrageous offers. We do it for our Avidel clients uh, once a month. I do it for my Dave Valentine clients once a quarter and I usually charge 2500 bucks. For it, but that's not accessible to everybody. So, what I did was I created the same workshop that i charged $2,500 for as an e course, and I'd love to give it to your listeners for free. Just go to davevalentine.co, they can find it there. And then uh, I have a book coming out about the six core values that we run our business with in January. And so, uh, I'd love to uh, give that to people if they are interested one of the things that we really are passionate about and we just keep seeing be successful as we run all the different companies, Blaine is that the core values is, is what it comes back to, you know, yeah. and when we embody the core values, well, all of our businesses thrive, the people thrive. It's really, really helpful. So, uh, so anyways, you can check me out there. I'm also on all social media at real Dval R E A L D uh, V A L. You can find me anywhere that you could possibly imagine.
1: Perfect, perfect. And do you have a working title for the book?
0: Uh, we do, but I don't... It, there's so many okay. discussions right now playing around. I, hey.
1: <laughs> what are we going to actually live call books it? I know that drill. It's kind of yeah. like, eh, let's change a little word here. It's
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get it.
1: Yep. Folks, have been listening to Dave Valentine. Uh, Dave, I want to thank you very much. This has been a great conversation and I appreciate your willingness just to kind of roll with it because uh, you know we didn't have any rehearsed questions or anything, we never do, but I, I really appreciate how you jumped into it. Thank you very much for that.
0: Oh, Blaine, thank you for having me. This has been a delight.
1: Absolutely, on this side as well. Folks, you've been listening to Blaine Bartlett um, and Dave Valentine. This is the soul of business with Blaine Bartlett. Uh, check out my website at blainebartlett.com. Um, once again, there's all kinds of stuff up there that uh, you can poke around and, and discover. And uh, feel free to uh, send me an email or uh, DM me and let me know if there's something that I can do for you. And in the meantime, find yourself ways, plural, to continue to be in your life, a center of distribution, not a center of accumulation. And you will find your life works pretty well. Take care until next time.